thankful in the ordinary. Thankful in the ordinary. We are thankful when things go our way. We are thankful when miraculous answers to prayers come. We are thankful when we make it through a difficult season. We are thankful when we pass a test. We're thankful when we have a good report. But how about in the ordinary things of life, as we just saw in that video? So let's be thankful in those great glorious moments of life, but also in the everyday ordinary moments as well. Friends, we have much to be thankful for. Amen? Read just a couple of verses this morning, and then uh, we're going to let our fingers do the walking through the scriptures a little bit more during the the morning as well. Uh, But uh, we'd like to begin in Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2. And if you would stand in honor and reverence to the word of God, as I read that for you this morning, it reads this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. We thank you for what you're doing and how you're doing it in our lives. We pray that we'd be open and receptive to the message that you've laid upon our hearts today to be able to share with the congregation. We pray for this worship center hour. We pray also, Father, for the next hour. We pray for those who are in their Sunday school classes now and in a little while as well. The Lord, all over this campus, we would sense your presence. But Lord, even at this moment, we pray that, Lord, you would have your way in every heart and every life within the sound of my voice. That, Lord, you would challenge us to be thankful not only for the good things that happen in life, but in the ordinary days as well. Lord, you are always faithful to us, whether it is a good day or not so good day. And, Lord, we praise you for that. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd be with us now, again, for those who may not know you as Savior, to find that there is real joy and forgiveness and victory found in Jesus Christ, that this may be the hour for them. But also, Father, for those of us who do know you, may you challenge us to come away today with thankful hearts, hearts that are set upon you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We pray, Lord, now that the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, you see the outline uh, today in your bulletin. I hope you'll follow along there, fill in some of those blanks. And the first thing that we see here is that we're to be thankful in the ordinary, in the simple, in the simple. In the first part of verse 1 in Psalm 107, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Good. The question is, is is he only good when something good or great happens in our life? Or is he only good when our prayers are being answered? No. He is always, always, always good. Amen? He is so faithful and so trustworthy, and his mercy endures forever in the great things of life, but also in the simple things in life. In the ordinary, we are to be thankful for the simple things in life. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor, when you talk about the simple things? Well, let me just give you a little list here of just to get the, the juices flowing in your hearts and in your minds about it as we think about the simple things, the ordinary things, like air, we'd be thankful for air conditioning and antibiotics, for breezes 
and baseball, for cars and coffee, for dreams and for dryers, for environment and electricity, for freckles and for freedom. Come on now. And gizmos and glue and harmony and horses, ice and imagination, for jackets and for jets, for kisses and for kites, for laughter and for ladybugs, for maps and for mufflers, amen, for knights and for neighbors, for officers and for oxygen, for pacifiers and for Plato, for quilts and for quiet, for radio and for refunds, amen, for safety and for seafood, for tables and tape, for umbrellas and utensils, for vitamins and for voices, for warmth, amen, this morning, and water, for x-rays and Xerox, for yams and yards, for zebras and zippers, amen? Just the simple things of life. There's just a few right there, but you get where we're coming from. We're talking about just the simple things, and we need to be thankful for those simple things. But you know what we do is a lot of times we will take those things, the simple things, for granted. Amen? We take those things for granted. If you'd gotten up this morning and found out that your refrigerator was no longer working and your meal could spoil, you'd you'd have been upset about that. If you had no electricity because the wind blowing last night, boy, that would have made things difficult this morning. But I dare any of us thank the Lord for our refrigerators running or for the electricity on this morning. You know, we take those things for granted. I was reading this week about a 12-year-old boy whose name was David was born uh, without an immune system. And he underwent a bone marrow transplant in order to correct his deficiency. But up to that point, he had spent his entire life in a plastic bubble in order to prevent exposure to common germs, to bacteria, and to viruses that would kill him. And he lived without ever knowing human contact up to that point. But when asked what he'd like to do if and when released from his protective bubble, he replied this. He said, I want to walk barefoot on grass and touch my mother's hand. Just touch my mother's hand. Friends, the small things, the simple things in life, these two are blessings from God. And we must be thankful and need to be thankful for these things that are in the ordinary and the simple. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18, you know this passage of scripture. It says, rejoice always to pray without ceasing in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You Listen, friends, sometimes we ask, well, I don't know if I know what the will of God is. Well, here's one place where you can know what God's will is for you, and that is in everything, give thanks. Amen? Give thanks in the ordinary, in the simple things of life, and take those not for granted. Secondly, Thankful in the ordinary, in the simple, but also in being satisfied. In being satisfied. Let's look again at verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Then skip down to verses 8 and 9. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. You see, friends, listen, 
And part of the ordinary, being thankful in the ordinary, is that we know that the Lord is the one who satisfies us. He satisfies us physically, but also spiritually. The psalmist here deals with the return of the children of Israel after their exile into Babylon. But also we are reminded in this passage of how when the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness and how the Lord had sustained them and taken care of them. And we know that that's the case for those who are in exile returning home as well. The Lord took care of them. We know that the Lord supplied their physical needs. So let me ask you a question this morning. Really, you don't have to answer this out loud, but just think about this. Did you eat this morning? When you get home this, this, this afternoon, do you have food in your refrigerator or your cabinet? Was there water in your faucet when you, when you left today? You see, friends, listen. All this physical things that, the Lord has, that, that we have are things which the Lord has given to us. The food that we have in our refrigerators, the food that we have in our cabinets, the food that you maybe have in the crock pot for a little bit later on, that, that came from the Lord. Somebody might say, no, that came from the store. No, let me tell you, the Lord provided that. He provided health and strength to those who work the farms and, and those who work the factories and those who worked, the, worked in the stores and gave you the health and the strength to work, to buy, have the money to, to be able to buy those things. And he is the one who provided this for you. Amen. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 145, 16 says, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Psalm 145, 16. Also, we find in Matthew 6, verses 25 through 27, here the Lord is talking to disciples about worry, but in that he is dealing with these words. He says, verse 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, not of more value than they. So which of you by worry, nor about your body, what you will put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So which of you by worrying can add one cubit to its stature. So friends, we know that the Lord is the one who has provided for us that which you have in your home. When you sit down and you say the blessing, thanking God for the food, really do thank him for the food and not use that as just a time as a ritual that you need to get through before you can get to the good stuff. Really thank God for the food. He's the one who provided that for us. We need to be thankful in the ordinary for the physical satisfaction that he brings to us. But not only does he satisfy our physical needs, listen, The Lord also satisfies our spiritual needs. In verse 5 there in Psalm 107, it says, Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. And that is a picture of what life is like outside of the will of God. People who are hungry and thirsty. But then we see again in verse 9, For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that the Lord is the one who satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness? My, yeah, my, my land, yes, that is exactly what he does. He provides for us and he meets our every need. He satisfies our longing soul after him. I love the, the, all of the book of Psalms, every single one. But Psalm 63 is another one here that I, that I want to share with you this morning. Verses 1 through 5, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul, watch this, thirsts for you. My flesh longs 
for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name and my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Friends, he is the one and the only one who truly satisfies our every longing. And we're to be thankful that he is the one who satisfies not only our physical needs, but also our spiritual needs. He completely satisfies us spiritually. He satisfies our every longing. Listen, he is our satisfaction. He is our contentment. Now listen, if we are truly content in Jesus Christ, then why is there a desire within us to complain? Oh, preacher, you're not going there this morning. Oh, yes, we're going to touch that for just a moment. If we are truly content in Christ, then why do we have this innate desire to complain about anything? If he is our contentment, amen, and he is our satisfaction, then why do we have a need to complain? Just think about this morning already in your life, all right? What have you complained about? Now, don't tell me, but what have you complained about already? Maybe you got up and the water didn't get hot quick enough, or maybe you sat down to breakfast and your pancakes were cold or your eggs weren't runny enough or, you know, whatever. Maybe got in the car, it wouldn't crank or, or, you know, somebody left the seat pushed too far up or too far back or whatever it may be. And we got to complaining about it. Got to church, things weren't clock. Somebody took my parking place. Nobody held the door up for me. The lights are down too low. The song's up too loud. Whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. Listen, friends. If our contentment is in Christ, why is there a need to complain? Psalm 411 says, Paul, who'd been through quite a bit, if if you recall, he says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am, meaning in whatever situation I'm in, to be content. You see, friends, this grows, this contentment grows out of complete trust in Christ. He is our contentment. He is our satisfaction. And so the question for us today in our lives are, are we seeking satisfaction or contentment in some place else other than Jesus? Because listen, as we surrender our lives to Jesus and we dwell in his presence, we find that he is the one who fully satisfies all of our longings. And he makes us content. You see, friends, listen, when we complain, we are saying, I am not satisfied with this thing. I am not satisfied with this way. I'm not satisfied with this issue. And these do not make me content. So therefore, I am not happy because I am not satisfied. You remember when you were a kid, at least it was in my life, when I sat down to the dinner table and mama prepared the dinner and she put the food in front of you. If you didn't like it, you better not say, I don't like it. 
Because if you did, you might find yourself taking a trip down the hall. But a lot of times what she'd say to you is, be satisfied with what you have. Amen? Friends, we still need to learn those lessons as adults, don't we? To be satisfied with what God has blessed us with. Because when we start talking about, you know, I'm not satisfied about this. I'm not happy about that. I'm not satisfied about this. I'm not content about this. The main word there is I. I. We're concerned about it. Complaining then is all about me, myself, and I. But our contentment and satisfaction is found completely in Jesus Christ. Y'all with me? Say yes. All right. But too often, friends, we don't realize just how blessed we really are. I was reading about uh, over in a place called Budapest. There was a man who went to his rabbi and complained, life is unbearable. There are nine of us living in one room. What can I do? The rabbi, the wise rabbi answered, said, take your goat into your room with you. The man was incredulous. But the rabbi insists, just do as I say and take the goat and put it in the house, in the room with you and come back in a week. Well, a week later, the man comes back looking more distraught than before. And and he tells the rabbi, we can't stand it. The goat is eating everything. It's filthy. And the rabbi tells him, go home and let the goat out and then come back in a week. Well, a week goes by and the man comes back to the rabbi radiant and he says, life is beautiful. We enjoy every minute of it now. There's no goat, only the nine of us. (laughs) You see, friends, sometimes we just don't realize just how blessed we are. Amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We are to be thankful in the ordinary, in the simple, and in being satisfied with what he has given to us physically and spiritually. He is our satisfaction. But thirdly, also, we're to be thankful in the ordinary in our salvation. Again, Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You see, friends, our salvation should never be ordinary, but too often it is. Our salvation, that which we have in Jesus Christ, should never become so humdrum that we forget to say thank you to God for our salvation that we have in Jesus. Amen? My friends, listen, we are to be thankful for what he has done and what we are blessed to have in our salvation as the redeemed of the Lord. Well, what is it that we have, Pastor, as the redeemed? Well, let me just share that with you. First off, one of the things that we have as, as the redeemed is, is now that because we belong to Jesus, because we are children of God, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we now have no fear of death ever again. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, it tells, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus has destroyed the power of death, that is the devil, and released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Friends, we no longer need to be in bondage to fear of dying when we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Oh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. That's what we have. We have that hope. 
We also know that not only do we have no fear of death as being part of the redeemed, but also we can know this, that friends, no matter what we face in life, we are never alone as we go through the difficult times in life. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we have a God who loves us and walks with us through every valley. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 23, 4, it tells us, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Friends, I don't know about you, but that's what we're shouting over, that he is with us through every difficult thing we go through in life. He has not left us, that he is there with us. As children of the redeemed, we have the promise that the good shepherd walks with us through the valleys. Not only that, but we also know that because we are a part of the redeemed, we now have peace with God. Where we had been alienated from God, separated from God, really at enmity, at war with God, and that we are sinners. We see in Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So now we're at peace with him. We've been reconciled to God our Father. We're right with God, holy in his presence because of what Jesus has done. And we are to be thankful for no, no fear of death and knowing that we're never alone through difficulty and that now we have peace with God. But also we know that we have the gift of forgiveness and reconciliation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul says in 2 Corinthians nine fifteen, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. What a great gift we have in Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us. That's what we have as the redeemed. And we're to be thankful every day for these things which God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Go give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. He has snatched us out of the power of hell. He has given us freedom from our sins. We have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So we are to be thankful for our salvation, thankful in the ordinary, the simple things in life, in being satisfied, but also in our salvation. And then fourthly, we're to be thankful in our story, in our story. Verse three tells us, let me back up to verse two. It says again, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse three And gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Again, this speaks of God bringing his people home after the exile. What God has done here is that he has directed their their steps. He has ordered their path. He is bringing them to the place now where they needed to be. Let me just ask you all a question this morning. Just think about this if you would too. How'd you get here today? Now, now I want to say that, think about that figuratively. How did you get here today on this journey that you're on? Your heritage, your background, but also how did you specifically get here to the place in your life that you're sitting right here at Mount Pleasant at the 930 hour on this Sunday morning? How, How did you get to this place? Well, see, friends, You're here because God has ordered your steps and he has guided your path so that you are here at this moment today. 
This morning, as we think about a story, we talked about this just a little bit last week or so, is that, that each of us has a story to tell about what God has done in your life. And I wanted to just share with you just for a few moments, if you would allow me, some of my own story and how it is that I am here in this place at this hour at Mount Pleasant during this time. You know, for me personally, growing up, as you have heard some of my story, that my parents divorced when I was six years old. My dad left and left my mom to raise me and two sisters younger than myself. But praise God, I had a mother who knew Jesus as the Lord and Savior of her life. And she made sure that every time the church doors were open, if she was able to get there, which was almost every single time, we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And God was able to use that in my life and also placing men in that church since I didn't have a dad who was with me after the age of six, men who came around me, who loved on me and helped guide me, uh, even men who taught me how to shave for the very first time or how to plant a garden or how to, uh, you know, uh, fix uh, something to hit some, some folks who helped me to learn how to fix things in the kitchen, just people who poured into my life. And I stand before you thankful for that heritage in my life. But I'm also thankful that I had not only a mother who loved me and made sure that I was at church, but I'm thankful that I had grandparents who loved me. And specifically one grandmother who was actually my dad's mother who stayed very close to my family. As a matter of fact, all my memories as a child, a young child, is at her house. And that grandmother is a grandmother who prayed for us diligently. She prayed, and then she prayed, and then she prayed. Around 11 or 12 years old, I was saved and asked the Lord to come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Then around the age of 15, God was dealing with my own heart to call me into ministry. And he called me to pastor, to preach. And I preached my first sermon when I was in the ninth grade. And now since uh, 1984 until now, I've been in ministry for over a span of about 32 years. And I've been here at Mount Pleasant for a little over a year now. God has directed my path. He has guided my steps all along the journey. And many times I will just step back and I'll tell Angie, he said, I am blessed beyond all measure. Not only to be the pastor at Mount Pleasant, but to be one that God has set apart to call me his child, to save me at an early age, to give me, parent, give me a mother and grandparents who loved me and who prayed for me. And he placed some key people in my life who have influenced me and impacted me all throughout my life. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. And you might be here this morning and you might say, well, that's good for you, pastor. But you know what? I didn't have that in my life. I've not had a parent. I've not had somebody in my life who has poured into me. I've not had men or women to come around me and impact me like they did for you. I didn't have a grandmother or grandfather who who prayed for you, who prayed for me. Well, friends, you may not have had that in your life, but somehow God brought you here today. God has ordered your steps and has directed your path so that you are here at this moment. God brought you here for a purpose and for a plan. For me to be standing before you, not only as a pastor, but just to be saved, to be a child of God, to know that he loves me, is a miracle of God. But I attribute a lot of my my upbringing, my spiritual upbringing, to that grandma I was telling you about, that praying grandma who made a difference in my life 
and in our family. I couldn't help but to think of what Paul said to Timothy in the second book of Timothy, chapter one, verses three through five. It says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, Paul said, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. So many of us in this congregation today can attribute our lives and our faith because we had a praying mother or a praying grandmother or a praying father or a praying grandfather. Amen. I think back as a child and I thank God for my grandmother. I thank God for her. She was indeed a prayer warrior. I remember as a child being in her house and maybe I'd be playing in a part of the house and I'd hear her talking in the kitchen and I think my grandma's going nuts. Little did I know that grandma was praying, talking to somebody. She was talking to Jesus. She remained that prayer warrior her entire life from, from what I could tell. And even there was a point in our lives where Angie and I were privileged to, privileged to allow her to come and stay in our house when she had some surgery back probably about, to, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. She had some surgery on her eyes. And uh, she was not able to stay at home by herself. And so she was able to maneuver stairs. We had a basement at the time. And, and uh, so she had her own room, her own bathroom. And, and uh, we fixed her up. And she stayed with us a couple of weeks. And in the first night or two that she was there, uh, Angie said, I want to know what Grandma's doing. I want to make sure she's okay. And so she went and got the baby monitor. And she put it down by her bed and then listened, you know, had it by her bed. And so the first night uh, she had the baby monitor, she said, what's she doing? I said, well, turn it up. Let's see what she's doing. <laughs> and so Angie turned up that baby monitor and we, we could hear grandma. And she was talking to Jesus. And she was praying for us. She was praying for her other children and grandchildren. So I heard her pray. I heard her pray as a child. I heard her pray when I was an adult. And then in her last few days... Her last month, really, that she was on this earth, she was at the hospice house at Virginia Baptist, still very much in her mind, uh, but we knew that her time was getting very close. And uh, she knew that there was another grandbaby coming. This time it was not her grandchild or great-grandchild. It was her great-great-grandchild, my grandson. And so when Christopher and Brittany had Carson four years ago, Virginia Baptist Hospital was just a a couple of miles down the road from the hospice house. But when they left the hospital to go home, they didn't go straight home. They came to the hospice house to introduce my grandmother to her great, great grandson. And my grandmother wanted to see him, of course, as you can imagine. And so uh, she waited there. And uh, of course, she, she wouldn't go anywhere anyway. But uh, Angie and I were there and uh, uh, our other children were there as well. And so when Christopher and Brittany came in, Christopher laid Carson in my grandmother's lap and she oohed and awed for a few minutes and then Christopher asked her to do something. That's what she has done many times before, but not for Carson. He said, Grandma, will you pray for him? Will you pray over him? And Angie had the forethought to begin to videotape it and I'd like to share that with you. 
today. You want to pray over him for us? Pray. Do you want to pray for him for us? Oh, yeah. Okay, I will. Dear gracious Lord of Savior, just pray, Lord, that we got this little baby, Lord, and I just pray, God, it'll grow up in the Lord and know you as Lord and Savior. And every sin will be taken away from the Lord. That he'll be able to go to heaven. I want to see him in heaven one day. Yes, Lord, we just pray all that wonderful blessings upon him and hope that he'll never have no suffering and sorrow and broken hearted, Lord, like I've had. I just thank you for him this morning, Jesus. I thank you that you'll save his little soul. Save his little soul and save his mama's soul, Lord. And Christopher, Lord, and help him fill the wicked baby and help everything get those well with him. We just pray the blessings upon everything that happens. Lord, we know you are Lord and Savior. And we know that you said you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. You said you'd keep us through the rough and the wrong. Yes, Lord, I know you're going to save our soul. I know that Jesus died on that cross for this precious little flame right here and rose again that he know you as Lord and Savior and be able to take you to heaven. Yes, Lord, I hope every blessing will be upon him. And take care of him, Lord, and keep it in your hands. In your precious sweet name, I ask it for your sake. Amen. 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 Thank you for letting me share that with you this morning. It was only until about a week or so ago that I could actually look at that video <clears throat> without uh, tearing up. I not... Uh, I looked at it until just a week or so ago and I said, if I'm going to show this at church, I got to at least be solid when I stand before your people. I'm so thankful for a grandmother who loved her family and prayed diligently for each one, just like that, that they would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and that she would see them in heaven. You say, well, I didn't have that person in my life. Friends, listen. Maybe you didn't have a person like that in your life, but as a believer, you can be that person. You can be that person in your family who will pray for those who are going to come behind you, that they too would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I don't know about you. There's plenty of crazy uncles in our family and crazy aunts. But I'm grateful for those members of our family who stay true to Jesus and who love the Lord. And I'm thankful for that heritage. Amen. I know you are as well. And so you can be that one person who's not one of the crazy aunts or the crazy uncles, but makes a difference in the life of your family by praying for your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, those people that you care about and commit to be that one who influences and impacts your family for Jesus. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever.
the bottom of your bulletin insert there, you see two things to do. First off, to do the first thing is this. Absolutely, absolutely believe in Christ. There is no greater joy, friends, than to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There is no other victory. There is no other hope. And there is no other way but through Jesus Christ. He alone is our salvation and he is our satisfaction. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and you have not had that longing of your heart satisfied, you will not find it in anything that this world has to offer. But you will find that everything you thirst for and everything you hunger for are culminated and found in Jesus Christ. Give your heart to him today because he is the Savior who saves. We must simply take a step of faith knowing that we're sinners in need of a Savior. Turning from our sin and turning to Jesus in repentance. Embracing, believing with all of our heart that Jesus is God's son who died on the cross and rose again bodily from the grave and profess him as the Lord and Savior of our lives. It's a step of faith. If you're here today and you've never taken that step of faith, trusting him to save you, why not today and to know this Jesus who loves us? But also, friends, if you do know Jesus Christ, here's the second thing to do. Always be content. Always be content. Because when we have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, friends, we have hope. And we have no need to complain. Take nothing for granted and leave behind a legacy of following and loving Jesus. Will you do that? Will you be that person to leave the legacy of loving the Lord Jesus with all your heart and following him all your days until the Lord calls you home? Let's pray together. Father, We pray that you'd be with us today to be content. Lord, we pray if there are those here who don't know Jesus, that they would find their contentment and satisfaction in you this morning. That you're the one who fulfills our every longing, everything we hunger and thirst for. May they give their hearts to you in complete surrender. Thank you for our salvation as we've done that in our own lives as well. But then maybe there are those here today who are your children, who are just needed needed that reminder that we need to be content finding our satisfaction only in you and contentment only in you. And we pray, Father, that you would guide us and direct us and help us. And maybe, Lord, where we've been complainers in our lives, maybe we need to repent of that and turn from that and say, Lord, I confess that I've, I've been seeking satisfaction in the things just for me and I've thought only of myself and I've had a selfish attitude. Lord, I repent of that and I come to you and say, Lord, guide me and direct me and let me find my contentment in you and you alone. Father, I pray that you'd have your way in us, that we'd also seek to leave a legacy behind us, to be people of God who who love our families, love the people around us, but more importantly, who will love you with all of our heart and follow you and leave a heritage behind us, O God, that is one that is pleasing in your sight. Now, Lord, as we come to our invitation, may you speak to us and let us make the commitments we need to make There are those who need to come to join this fellowship, to come for baptism, to surrender to some call, rededicate their lives, or come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Or maybe there are those who just want to come and kneel and pray, spending time with you just for a few moments here. Lord, we invite them all, that we'd all just 
walk away from here today having been obedient to your call upon our lives. And we'll praise you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to.